How you feeling over there today? Much better than I did about six hours ago. Gotcha. My uh, arm's a bit sore, my left arm that is, and um, I'm kind of lethargic today. Yeah. Kind of dragging ass. Yeah, I was a little achy. But I'm going to do my best for you, the Chop Shoppers. Uh, we should probably say the reason for all of this is that we got vaccinated yesterday, our second dose. We done. We are done, and in two weeks' time, we'll be considered fully protected. But this is not a humble brag podcast. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 21 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen, so why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Seventh Day Traventist, mm-hmm. aka the Book of Travelation. Yes. AKA The Lord Spoke to Me Through a Travision. Ha! And I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Trials and Tribulations, aka the Passion of the Christ, aka the Seventh Sean. And we are without our third seat regulator today, but if she were here, uh her nicknames would be the Chells of St. Mary, a.k.a. Chellies of the Field, a.k.a. Samson and Chalila. <laughs> Further description of the show, the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Have a blessed day. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. All right, that's going to bring us into our first segment, which is movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to stories that pertain to our show, that pertain to cinema and remakes, and just stories that we think that you, the Chop Shoppers, might find interesting. And I've got a late RIP to start this off today. Rest in peace and rest in power to... Larry McMurtry, novelist of the American West, dies at 84. He died on March 25th. Somehow I completely overlooked it. In Lonesome Dove and The Last Picture Show and dozens more novels and screenplays, he offered unromantic depictions of the long, mythologized region. The cause was congestive heart failure, said Diana Osana, his friend and writing partner. And that comes to us from Variety. Next... Rest in peace and rest in power to Bertrand Trevernier. Uh, He died at the age of 79. He was a French filmmaker, legendary French filmmaker, and passionate cinephile known for such award-winning works as A Sunday in the Country, Round Midnight, Captain Conan, and It All Starts Today. The news was confirmed by France's Lumiere Institute in Lyon, of which Trevernier was president. Cause of death not given, but rest in peace and rest in power to both of those gentlemen. Next, this is from IndieWire.com. Alexander Skarsgård transformed into an absolute beast for Robert Eggers' The Northman. Now, Robert Eggers, we know him from The Lighthouse, right? He directed The Lighthouse. Uh, So The Northman is going to be a Viking epic. Yeah, we reported this a while back, but apparently he has turned into this massive beast. A quote from uh, Innocen. Alexander Skarsgård looks like an absolute beast. There's a scene where he beats this guy in a battle, bends down and rips his throat out with his teeth, screams to the gods, and he's got his shirt off. And you think, my God, 
that's not a bodybuilder doing a scene. That's a proper serious actor. <laughs> uh, next, surprising no one, Sony delays Venom Let There Be Carnage release date once again. Sony has made a change to its theatrical schedule, pushing back Venom Let There Be Carnage release date. That's coming to us from Comic Book Review. <clears throat> Another delay, Mortal Kombat, the reboot of Mortal Kombat, uh, which isn't Chelsea looking forward to the... Mortal Kombat reboot? I don't know if she's looking forward to it. She was says that she's a fan of... Uh, the game? The game. Okay. Uh, fans of the Mortal Kombat franchise will have to wait one more week. Oh, that's not too bad. For Simon McQuaid's... McQuaid? M-C-Q-U-O-I-D. Upcoming reboot from Warner Brothers. Also from Comic Book Review. Uh, next, this is a follow-up to a check-in we did a couple weeks ago, the uh, Framing Britney Spears documentary. Britney Spears has commented that she's embarrassed by the new documentary. Quote, I didn't watch the documentary, but from what I did see of it, it was embarrassing by the light they put me in, Spears wrote. I cried for two weeks, and well, I still cry sometimes. <laughs> uh, that's from Variety. Next, Woody Harrelson to star in Oren Moverman's The Man with Miraculous Hands. Three-time Oscar nominee Woody Harrelson is set to star in the feature film adaptation of Joseph Kessel's novel, The Man with the Miraculous Hands, the fantastic story of Felix Kirsten, Himmler's private doctor. That title is a mouthful. Yeah. And then we've got one more story, and I'll let you roll with this one. Actually, I've got two. Uh, the, this one comes from IndieWire. Um, Ava DuVernay was set to direct The New Gods for DC Comics. Uh -huh. That's been put on the shelf. And my comment was, this is why DC sucks. It's their best property, and they just sit on it. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, the whole villain setup in the Justice League movie was derived from the New Gods okay. series. And they get to say, created by Jack Kirby, which everyone knows is really the pillar behind all of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. So DC had an opportunity there, and they're going to... They dropped the ball. They're just going to shit the bed, as usual. Um, then next, uh, Criterion has announced that they're going to release a six-film Blu-ray collection, The Visions of Ed Wood. Oh, okay, nice. <clears throat> and it's going to have Glenn or Glenda, Jailbait, Bride of the Monster, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Night of the Ghouls, and The Sinister Urge. So I'll be looking forward to that personally. Outstanding. I think I've only seen a couple of those titles. Same. So that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. And do you hear a telephone ringing? That must mean it's time for... The Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hiya, Chop Shoppers. George Siegel played Pops on The Goldbergs. Mary Steenburgen plays the mom on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Not infinite. You did pretty good this week. Your reward is some half-priced peeps, but you won't get them till Monday. See you next time. All right. Thank you, Dana. We do appreciate your hard work and happy Easter. That's going to close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. Bringing us to the theme of the episode. Uh, let us just go ahead and say that we are going to try and approach this respectfully. We're not trying to lambast anybody's beliefs correct correct we're going to be objective about our treatment of some of these films mm -hmm. and so for easter which this episode will go kerplunk on easter sunday 2021 we're talking neo-christian slash faith-based films 
Now, when we say that, we're not talking about the passion of the Christ right. or any of the recreations of biblical stories. We're talking about modern day mm-hmm. uh, left behind and films of that ilk where right. we're using modern day settings to tell rapture stories, moral stories uh, that have a Christian tie in. Very good. Uh, So from Wikipedia, the Christian film industry is an umbrella term for films containing a Christian-themed message or moral, produced by Christian filmmakers to a Christian audience, and films produced by non-Christians with Christian audiences in mind. They are often interdenominational films, but can also be films targeting a specific denomination of Christianity. Popular mainstream studio productions of films with strong Christian messages or biblical stories, such as Ben-Hur, The Ten Commandments, The Passion of the Christ, The Robe, Sergeant York, The Blind Side, The Book of Eli, Machine Gun Preacher, and Silence are not specifically part of the Christian film industry, being more agnostic about their audience's religious beliefs. These films generally also have a much higher budget, production value, and better-known film stars, and are received more favorably with film critics. Many films from the Christian film industry are produced by openly confessing Christians in independent companies, mainly targeting a Christian audience. This has been on the rise since the success of Sherwood Pictures' Fireproof, starring Kirk Cameron, which was the highest grossing independent film of 2008. Mm. So that's what we're going to talk about. I should probably say that my double feature is a little bit more of those kind of bigger budget okay uh a, a pairing of kind of bigger budget we've got some well-known stars in the movies that that i picked so speaking of let's go ahead and get into the midnight double feature and that's where those of us who are on the panel today <laughs> we will talk about two films that are within our subject at hand and we'll talk about why we selected them and how they relate to each other and why they would make a good double feature So, Sean, what have you got for us on yours? Sure. Uh, Real quickly, uh, a few weeks ago, I checked in a film in the movie Marathon called Faith Based, which was a film that kind of tried to be funny, but it really wasn't. But they were taking advantage of the uh, what you had just said about the, the these films that are created for a Christian audience. And a lot of times these churches will rent out full theaters and, you know, load up the bus and take the whole congregation to see these, mm-hmm. which is why they do so well. Right. Uh, but anyway, sometimes these films start out with the best of intentions and have unintended uh, consequences yes. and unintended results. So that's kind of my focus for my double feature. My first one is from 2013. It's called Accidental Activist. Okay. And this was created and produced by the American Family Association hmm. and shot in uh, Winter Park, Florida, which is just outside of Orlando. The American Family Association sounds like a front for a cult. Eh, they're, they, they actually, they have ties to another group that's on a watch list for hate crimes. Interesting. So let that kind of sink, sink in, in yeah. and, and, and give you this. So the story is about Ted and Lynn Murphy. They lead a simple life. They run a t-shirt shop and just happened to be passing by a little table that was set up outside of a store. And they said, would you like to sign our petition? And the guy's like, what's your petition say? And the little girl says, we just want a petition that says that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Mm. And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll sign that because I believe that. Right. Well, his, uh, the local, uh, LGBTQ newspaper caught wind of who signed the petition. So they started dragging this guy through the mud. Uh, as a business owner who is anti-gay. Right. 
So that's how he becomes an accidental activist. And in this movie, uh, the leader of the, the, the gay movement or whatever is the most one dimensional mustache twirling bad guy. It's it's, it borders on, um, Billy Zane's character in the Titanic. Okay. It's I like, was, I was picturing like John Waters. Just no, no, <laughs> that's a very thin mustache. Okay. I don't think he can twirl his, but, uh, but the takeaway from this, <laughs> the guy's like, I'm not a bigot. And he doesn't say this, but mm-hmm. he pretty much demonstrates it through the film. I have a gay friend yeah. and I have a black friend. Right. <laughs> so it, it's pretty bad. Um, he and I speak speaking of the black friend. I don't know what the connection is with uh, his African American uh, neighbor, but um, they kind of tell him this anecdote about the civil rights, mm-hmm. and he takes that as license to like wear the civil rights movement on his sleeve as justification for standing up for what he believes in. Speaking of black friends, shout out to <clears throat> Tony in the kitchen at Downtown Southern Funk, whose Twitter handle is AKA Black Tony. Wow. Um, but, you know, this obviously in today's world is kind of on the wrong side of history. But yeah. uh, the one thing I did notice about this movie that, that kind of feeds into this hateful nature of the American Family Association is that there was nothing in this film about scripture to justify this guy's position. Okay. It was strictly about religious freedom. Hmm. So so it's politicizing. It, it became very political and it came off as being very hateful. Okay. So I'm pairing that with, this is a little bit of of a lighter tone, from 2014, Dark Dungeons. This is a film that was produced to, do you know what a religious tract is? Yes, tract literature. The little little booklets. Pamphlets, yes. Well, there was a series by a guy named Jack Chick. Okay. There were little comic books, and one of them was called Dark Dungeons, and it was about the dangers of role-playing games and Uh-oh. Dungeons and Dragons and how it was a gateway to Satanism and the occult. Well, the family, the corporation behind Jack Chick said, okay. we're going to make a movie about this. Holy shit. And these filmmakers jumped on board and said, we're going to make your movie. And they mm-hmm. crowdfunded the entire thing. But what Jack Chick's people did not know, the filmmakers we're like, this is the stupidest bullshit in the world. We're going to make the most tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Bull- Just for Easter, he should change his name to Jack Peep. <laughs> He's dead. But uh, but anyway, uh, it's about a girl who goes off to college and gets into a role-playing game group and finds herself okay. in dire straits when it comes to Satan. But um, yeah, it came off uh, as just being a laugh. Uh, because now Who plays Satan? I don't know if he's actually in the movie. I'm picturing Benicio Del Toro in the role of Satan. (laughs) I don't think he's in it. But anyway, unintended consequences, unintended results uh, for those two films. Fantastic. Literally. All right. So my double feature is going to be two, let's say, biblical dramas. Uh, I don't want to say historical, but it uh, biblical epics, let's say. And the first one is called Last Days in the Desert from 2007. It was directed by Rodrigo Garcia. It's got a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. As he wanders in the desert, Jesus Christ, played by Ewan McGregor, tangles with Satan, also played by Ewan McGregor, for the souls of a nomad, played by uh, Siren Hines. Siren Hines? Kieran? Kieran Hines, maybe? Um, the gentleman... Right there on the I can't right. see that far. I'm uh, old. And also, it features Ty Sheridan. 
it was kind of a sleeper. Uh, I think that this movie really flew under the radar. Um, I've never heard of it. Decent performances. And I mean, you win, we all win. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to pair that with uh, Mary Magdalene starring Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. So I've heard know, of this one. Uh, from 2018, directed by Garth Davis. It's got a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. In the first century, free-spirited Mary Magdalene flees the marriage her family has arranged for her, finding refuge and a sense of purpose in a radical new movement led by Jesus. The sole woman among his band of disciples, Mary defies the prejudices of a patriarchal society as she undergoes a profound spiritual awakening and finds herself at the center of an earth-shaking historical moment. Um, and that's really just my connective tissue is that they're biblical epics starring some really big name actors in one you've got joaquin phoenix playing jesus and the other you've got ewan mcgregor playing jesus would you recommend either one i'm i'm kind of on the fence about them um i would say that even though the rating is lower i found mary magdalene more of an intriguing movie okay um last days in the desert is weird yeah. It, yeah, it's kind of like very much in his head, you know? So yeah, that's the uh, Midnight Double feature for this week, bringing us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a pre-selected film that we have watched in advance, and we talk about it a little bit, and we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors. And this one's a biggie. This is kind of the... Uh, the it's, one that it's started the it's the Godfather started the movement. It's from the year 2000. It's called Left Behind the Movie. World peace. It's been a dream ever since Cain looked sideways at Abel. Peace in the Middle East. Now that would be a miracle. A global conspiracy. International bankers always the same. Follow the money, honey. For world domination. Thousands of years have waited. Generations. And you have made it possible. Yes, my friend. Now we are ready. Until in an instant, the world is changed. Cloud 10 Pictures, in association with Namesake Entertainment, proudly present Kirk Cameron. This is insane. People don't just disappear. Brad Johnson. I know where Mom and Rainy are. Chelsea Noble. They're not here. They're not anywhere. And Clarence Gilliard. I knew your message. I knew your words. Left Behind the Movie. The future, as foretold by the Bible, has come to pass. The rapture, the vanishings. This marks the beginning of the rise of the Antichrist. So small. So easily manipulated. And he will confirm a covenant with the men for seven years. This marks the beginning of our seven years of peace. The end time prophecy has begun. The whole world will feel sympathy and love for me. They will follow me wherever I lead them. Because of you. Left behind, seeing is believing. Uh, directed by Vic Sarin. It's got a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Airline pilot Ray Steele, played by Brad Johnson, discovers that dozens of the passengers on his flight have disappeared suddenly, but their belongings and clothes remain, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, when the plane lands, everyone aboard learns that millions of people vanished at once, leaving chaos worldwide. His wife and son are among the missing, so he, his daughter, and others who have been left behind must work together to unravel the mystery. The mystery is, it's the rapture. Uh, so, Kirk Cameron, this is our dude in this. He's um, He felt a, a little bit of growing pains moving to the big screen. <laughs> um, just very, very cheesy in um, like the delivery of all of his lines, I think. Yeah, and... I, I, I t- messaged you earlier in the week. This is not a bad film, except right. Kurt Cameron really drags it down. Yeah, he kind of stinks up the joint. He does. And now, we should also mention there is a remake of this movie starring Nicolas Cage <laughs> called Left Behind from, I believe, 2014, <laughs> maybe a little bit later. But... They've been left behind. <laughs> yeah, ours is going to be better. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, yeah, this is a puzzler. I mean... I can see the appeal. It's right around the turn of the millennium. Mm-hmm. So naturally freaked there's out. a lot of doomsayers mm-hmm. about that. You know, so this makes sense, but, uh, uh, Kirk Cameron's just a smug bastard. Really? Like, through this whole movie. Yeah. I just want to punch him in the face. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's go through the roles that we're going to recast. We've got, uh, Buck Williams played by Kirk Cameron. Not to be confused with 1990s small forward for the Portland Trailblazers, Buck Williams. And then we've got uh, Brad Johnson, who was 41 at the time, playing Captain Rayford Steele. What a name. And it, it might as well have just been like Lance Dong or something <laughs> right. like that. Um, then we've got Janaea Stevens, who was 26, playing Chloe Steele. She's the daughter of pilot Captain Rayford Steele. Then we've got uh, Chelsea Noble playing Hattie Durham, who is 36, and she's an associate of Buck Williams' character, and uh, she's kind of a, like you were saying earlier, a superfluous character, Um, but her tie-in is that she's working for the Antichrist? Yes. Is that right? Little known to her, of course. And you were saying that you felt that that role might have been a better recast, but one of the pitfalls of this whole experiment is that usually I pick the roles before I watch the movie. I think it's fine. All right. So who are you going to recast for Buck Williams? All right. There's a theme to my recast. Excellent. (laughs) All right. This actor is uh, 32 years old Mm -hmm. and he can be seen in such films as uh, Jingle All the Way. Okay. Madison. The Pretender, a TV series. Okay. But most people would know him from Star Wars Episode One. I went with Jake Lloyd. Oh, wow. Young Anakin? Young Annie. Interesting. Wow. Mr. Schizophrenia. Okay. All right. Now I'm very curious as to where you're going with this theme. I really don't have a theme. My Mine are mostly age, age range based and also some face value. Uh, so speaking of, my... Buck Williams is 30 now as well. He's in Unfriended, The Dark Web. He's in The Purge, the uh, TV series, and The Flight Attendant, also a TV series. His name is Colin Woodell. And if he wasn't born to play Kurt Cameron, oh, I looked, don't know who he is. He looks smug too. <laughs> yes. I'm punch him in the face. 
<laughs> All right, next up, we've got uh, Captain Rayford Steele, played by Brad Johnson. Uh, Brad Johnson was 41 at the time. And I, who'd you pick for this, sir? I went with a 45-year-old um, because I did the math on the daughter, and I don't know, I thought he should be older. Okay. So uh, anyway, he can be seen in Dracula 2000. Mm-hmm. He can be seen in Face Off. He can be seen in Beethoven's Second. Most people would know him from that 70s show. He's awaiting trial. I went with Danny Masterson. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So um, he probably should not be flying an airplane. Uh, my Captain Rayford Steele is 40 now. Um, he's in Step Up, Magic Mike, and 21 Jump Street. I went with Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is going to be that's a good pick. My captain, yeah, Rayford Steele. Uh, I also think that he needs to play the wrestler. <laughs> you can't see me. What's his name? Oh, John Cena. He, he needs to play John Cena in the movie about John Cena. You know, John Cena is going to be in the new Suicide Squad. Yep, plays a character called Peacemaker. Okay. Where's this ridiculous silver helmet? But mm. I've been seeing a lot of memes are like going, who's this invisible guy yes. wearing a silver helmet? I can't see it. Uh, related note, when I was just a wee lad, I used to take aluminum foil and make myself an aluminum foil helmet and go, go around saying, I'm aluminum man. Well, you did, <laughs> live, you did live in New Mexico. Well, this is, this is in Oregon. Well, Oregon's just as weird. Mm-hmm. Keep it weird. All right, next up, we've got Janaea Stevens playing Chloe Steele. She was 26 at the time. Who did you go with for this? Um, I aged down. I went with a 22-year-old actress. Okay. Um, she can be seen in films such as The Farmer and the Bell, Saving Santa Land, mm-hmm. um, Home Sweet Home, Faith, Hope, and Love, and Infinite Forever. I went with Natasha Bure. Natasha Bure. I don't know her. Um, and I'm still at a loss for your theme. Her mother is Candace Cameron Bure. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. My <clears throat> Janaea Stevens, my Chloe Steele, rather, is 25 now. Um, this was kind of a tough one for me. It's not my favorite pick, but it'll work for this. She's in Santa Clarita Diet, Bombshell, and something called Drama World. Her name is Liv Hewson. Liv Hewson is going to be my pick for the daughter. Yeah, and I can see that. No particular that's, reason. That's fine. Yeah, that works. All right, we got one more, and it is Hattie Durham, played by Chelsea Noble, who was 36 at the time. And Chelsea, uh, who's your pick, Sean? All right, before I get into this pick, there's an observation from watching these films mm-hmm. this week, which we watched quite a few. Um not a lot of African-Americans featured in the cast. That's true. But when they do feature people of color, they're usually like Nigerian. Yeah, that's a weird point. And like I don't... In, in the movie that we're going to discuss in the second half... I saw uh, a few like that yeah. where it's just like, well, what's wrong with this guy over here right. who's American? But an yeah, observation. That, that is a weird observation. That's all yeah. it is, is an observation. Anyway, uh, that said, I went with a 35-year-old actress. Uh, she can be seen in uh, episodes of Blackish. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Dr. Doolittle 2. She was in The Princess Diaries 2. Um, she's currently in a TV series called Raven's Home. But uh, you would know her from That's So Raven and The Cosby Show. Uh-uh. I went with Raven Simone. Yeah. Nice, dude. 
Raven Simone. Simone. Um, do you want to know what my... Yeah, I do. Well, since we are talking about neo-Christian movies, I was thinking that everyone needs a chance at forgiveness mm-hmm. and redemption. Jake Lloyd needs some redemption. Danny Masterson mm-hmm. needs a lot of redemption. Raven Simone has pissed off a lot of people with some of her crazy positions on things. Okay. And has been in several dog houses. And you, I mean, you name any kind of hot topic, she's been on the wrong side of it. I just feel bad for those dogs that were left homeless. I know. And then Natasha Burray, of course, she can't help who she is, so she needs a chance at redemption. <laughs> All right. Well, my Hattie Durham is 35 now. She's in the TV show version of Shooter with Ryan Philippe. Also, uh, The Final Destination and a TV show called One Tree Hill. Her name is Chantelle Van Santen. Chantelle Van Santen is going to be my Hattie Durham. I dig it. I dig it. All right. So final thoughts on Left Behind. Like I said, it, take Kirk Cameron out of the equation, and this is a very watchable movie. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest. Um, at the beginning, there is a lot of military aircraft over the skies where Kirk Cameron's reporting. And I say a lot. I mean, they were using the clone stamp tool over oh, yeah. all these planes and choppers. Nice. It was an insane number of yeah. planes and choppers. <clears throat> I will say I did actually watch the remake, the reboot with Nicolas Cage. And it's worse than this. Oh, speaking of, it's got a 1% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. The elusive 1%. <laughs> now, did they stick to the same storyline? It's pretty much the same, yeah. Okay. Yeah, although the uh, Nick Cage version starts out in the airplane. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with that, we're going to head into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some deathbed redemption and some peeps. Peeps would be good. Some Cadbury cream eggs and uh, some of those little wafer crackers. Rabbits don't lay eggs. How can this be? Thought you're doing country music version. I I don't have it in me. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss, and me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies all, all morning, morning long. <laughs> and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car. Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, 
Twitter, and Instagram, if you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck! Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger... Trontastic Ron! I'm gonna rip his face off! Woo! And the defending champ... Little Thanos! You ain't got nothing, brother! I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition! So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. All right, Sean, we're back from intermission. Thank you for bearing with us, Chop Choppers. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? The holiest of holy beer check-ins. All right. What is it? What is our beer? You brought it. It's, I think uh, it's probably a nickname for the Lord and Savior. Yeah. Captain Dynamite? Captain Dynamite. <laughs> that's a that's a new, new international uh-huh. version Bible that calls him that. Yes. Uh, this is from New Belgium Brewing. This is part of their Voodoo Ranger series. It is 7.7%. Nice. Seven is a godly number, Mm -hmm. so you're kind of on theme there. Now, I've had this beer before. I want to know what you think. Okay, well, you're going to get my cold take on this. I like the color. It's Mm -hmm. kind of orangey and a little haze to it. So in terms of the 2021 movie marathon, this is where throughout the year we try to watch as many movies as we can. The goal being 365, unless it's a leap year. And we check those in with the hashtag 2021 movie marathon on Letterboxd and Twitter. And as of this recording, it is the 92nd day of the year. And I'm fairly confident that I'm on 100 movies. I am on 112. Chelsea wanted me to tell everyone that she's on 175. Okay. And what is your opinion of the beer, sir? I didn't really care for it. I I saw a little look. Yeah, it's got that weird, sticky, malty sweet that doesn't have any kind of balance to it. It is a little sweet. I'm not picking up any balance on that. One on-themed movie this week. Tribulation. Tribulation. This is a uh, rapture movie. Mm -hmm. It is from 2000. When you cast Gary Busey, Margot Kidder, and Howie Mandel. What? Let Let me read that to you again. When you cast Gary Busey, Margot Kidder, and Howie Mandel in the lead roles, and you expect me to take you seriously as a rapture film, that's rich. Okay. That's, it's the dumbest. This one's dumb. This one, like, like, dumb, dumb as a stump, as the expression goes. And Gary Busey (laughs) does not help in in any, um, Margot Kidder's explaining to him what the rapture is. Okay. He's like, oh, uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Huh. She, she could have been telling him how to paint 
the walls a his, certain color. His lack of interest is probably what caused her mental break. Uh, this might have sent her over to the edge. It's it's awful. This one this one takes the cake from anything that that I watched this week in this uh, this category. All right. Well, my first one is going to be. I didn't talk about Cosmic Sin last week, did I? Uh, Bruce I Willis sci-fi? Maybe. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, uh, 2021 film, Cosmic Sin. This is my number 95. The only sin I see is that this movie made it to release. <laughs> I guarantee you Bruce Willis only had to show up for one day of shooting. <laughs> I love those kind of movies. Yeah. It was okay. The Frank Grillo is also in it. Okay. Um, just nothing... Nothing spectacular. I love watching old films, and you, know, you, you say that about Bruce. He's not at the end of his career by any stretch, but you see these actors who are big names yeah. at one point, and, and they take a paycheck, and they take a paycheck on these one-day shoots. Yes, and they're not even in the room with the other cast members, and you can tell like they shoot them in the corner. All um, right, what you got next? All right, so I'm <laughs> going to check in in Search of Darkness Part Two. All right. Now, is, for the listeners, explain the concept. This is the second part of David Weiner's uh, Weiner. I'm going to call him Weiner. Yep. Documentary uh, series about horror movies from the 80s. It's Reverend David Weiner. <laughs> uh, the first one came out in 2019. This one came out just last year. Uh, four and a half hours long uh, and worth every minute. Just a, a deep dive into some of the great horror, mm -hmm. campy horror, VHS classics, plus lots and lots of interviews with the people behind the films. You've got you know Robert England, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Then you have other commentary from like the lead singer of Slipknot huh. and Chris Jericho, former WWE yeah. wrestler. Would you say that this is a horror film fan's Bible? Um, absolutely, especially pertaining to the 80s. Uh, okay. It is a must watch. Uh, you cannot not watch this. And so much so that I've created a spreadsheet of the films from both of them. Mm -hmm. So I can now make sure I've watched every single one of these crazy, Fucking crazy nerd. Movies. I know. Total nerd. <clears throat> All right. My next one is going to be a horror film. Speaking of, and it was number 98 for me. It's called Honeydew. Honeydew from 2020. It's about this scientist who is seeking out a weird strain of mold that's infecting wheat like kind of like ergot mm -hmm. and her partner who's an actor and they end up waylaid in a very small community so it's kind of like a backwoods horror type of situation well shot and acted creepy to say the least just don't watch it during dinner gotcha okay yeah. um I'm going to check in a movie that uh, we were inspired to watch after the uh, uh, In Search of Darkness 2. It's a Dario Argento film. It's called Phenomena. Phenomena. And it's from ba -ba -ba -da -da. Phenomena. It's from 1985, and it stars one Jennifer Connelly. Oh, wow. In her first starring role. This came out right before Labyrinth. But uh, it's all over the place. Uh, I feel like Stefan, this film's got yes. everything. Yes. It's got Jennifer Connelly. Uh -huh. It's got a Friday the 13th style killer mother and deformed son. It's got boarding school drama and a knife wielding chimp. 
Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. But it's worth watching. Jennifer Connelly is so adorable in this. Even uh, though uh, her features have gotten more kind of angular as she's aged, yeah. I'm still like 100% in love with Jennifer Connelly. I prefer the younger, rounded mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Connelly, yes. the Rocketeer era. Yes, Jennifer Rocketeer, Connelly. dude. All right, I've got one more, and it this is completely unscripted because I haven't checked it in yet. This past week, my television crapped out. Yes, it did. And so it was really weird. We're just watching something, and all of a sudden, the screen goes blank. And I could restart it, and it would be there, and then the screen would go blank. And so I had to buy a new TV. But in the three days between the TV crapping out and the new TV arriving, I set up a projector in my living room and watched Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, an apt follow-up to the already established MonsterVerse coming out of Legendary Pictures. I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Now I just have to watch it on a real TV. I've heard great things about it in that, you know, you get past the bad dialogue, Mm -hmm. you get past zero character development, but as far as a creature feature goes, they say it hits all the marks. Yes. Also, um, newcomer to the franchise, oh gosh, I wish I knew his name off the top of my head, but he's in uh, Atlanta. He's the cousin who's a kind of heavier set guy who's the rapper. Uh, He's great in it. Okay. I'm going to check it out. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Right on. So is that wrap us up for the 2021 movie marathon for this week? Yes. All right. Bringing it into the second part of our feature segment, which is the recast continued. The second coming. Resurrection. Oh, man. And the movie is going to be called God's Not Dead from 2014. You prayed and believed your whole life. And here you are. Explain that to me. What do you say to people that are offended by your show? Because you pray to Jesus in every episode. If we disown him, he'll disown us. When a 12-year-old watches his mother dying of cancer, a God who would allow that is not worth believing in. Life is really a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury and signifying nothing. Name? Uh, Wheaton. Josh Wheaton. Philosophy 150. You might want to think about a different uh, instructor. Come on, man. It can't be that bad. Think, uh... Roman Coliseum, people cheering for your death. I am Professor Radisson, and this is Philosophy 150. I would like to bypass senseless debate altogether and jump to the conclusion which every sophomore is already aware of. There is no God. All that I require from each of you is that you fill in the papers I've just given you with three little words. God is dead. Mr. Wheaton, is something wrong? I can't do what you want, I'm a Christian. If you cannot bring yourself to admit that God is dead, then you will need to defend the antithesis. Think of Jesus as my friend. You think Jesus is God? I don't want to disappoint him. So your acceptance of this challenge may be the only meaningful exposure to God and Jesus they'll ever have. To me, he's not dead. I don't want anyone to get talked out of believing in him just because this professor thinks they should. Mr. Wheaton, are you ready? We're going to put God on trial. If you think you're smarter than me, we do not try to humiliate me in front of my students. In that classroom, there is a God. I'm him. This experiment is over. You get to decide who the most important person in your life is. Me, Professor Radisson. What I have to do with this thing 
like it's something that God wants me to do. I, I can't just turn away from it. You just want to ensnare them in your primitive superstition. What I want is for them to make their own choice. That's what God wants. You have no idea how much I'm going to enjoy failing you. Yeah, but who are you really looking to fail? Me or God? Science supports his existence. You know the truth. So why do you hate him? It's a very simple question. Why do you hate God? God's not dead. It was directed by the great Harold Kronk. <laughs> Kronk, Kronk. It's got a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. I watched it for the first time today. And so it's fresh in your very mind. Very fresh in my mind. I have to say that much like when you're watching like a heist movie, you find yourself rooting for the thieves. I found myself rooting for the kid who was trying to prove that God's not dead. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's that's just where how my brain well, well, there's interpreted... Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, how my brain interpreted it. After he refuses to disavow his faith, a devout Christian student, played by Shane Harper, must prove the existence of God, or else his college philosophy professor, Kevin Sorbo, will fail him. And yes, it's that Kevin Sorbo, Hercules. Oh, yeah. We've got a couple of characters that aren't mentioned in the synopsis we've got reverend dave who is just a very altruistic open-minded christian preacher right and he is hosting a colleague of his who is from africa um we're not exactly sure where in africa but he's like the like he's a hotshot missionary he's the nicest guy in the film yeah and they're trying to go to a like a theme park and time after time, every time they get in the car, the car won't start. And we're meant to believe that there's a reason that they don't leave until later. Oh, on I have something film. to say about this, but keep going. All right. So then we've got Shane Harper playing Josh Wheaton, not Josh Wheaton, but Josh Wheaton. And he's the student who refuses to back down. Uh, we've got Kevin Sorbo as professor Radisson, who's, a pompous dick throughout the entire film. Now, it's fine if you want to place your faith in science. Science is almost always right, but you don't have to be an asshole to other people about it. Again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about another film is that he's a very one-dimensional character, very mustache-twirling, yep. evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really put off by the presentation because they made it so impossible to like him. right and, and i and he was an ass to his wife yes, or girlfriend, his or girlfriend. um so i know philosophy professors and i know scientists who share some of the same opinions that uh professor radisson shares but they're not shoving it down your throat oh fuck and no. they're not being a dick about it yeah uh, speaking of assholes, we also have Mark <laughs> Shelley, played by Dean Kane. Superfluous character. He's a lawyer, a successful lawyer who's becoming more successful. And he's got a girlfriend who he mistreats, who finds out that she has cancer. And he's trying to tell her about his promotion. And he breaks up with her when, she, when she tells him that she has cancer and she's superfluous too, but yeah. she does come back in the later. First, film. So apparently, uh, it was benign. Wow. <laughs> so let's go ahead and recast this bad boy. Unless you have any further thoughts. Um, well, yeah, I, I will go ahead and say some of this stuff. Okay. There was, a, they made a huge point about free will. Yes. In his, uh, arguments with Sorbo's character. And, however, divine intervention kept 
Professor or uh, Preacher Dave, Brother Dave, Reverend Dave, mm-hmm. from going to the park so he could end up at the feet of Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo and his moment of redemption. Uh huh. So it's like, okay, so, deathbed redemption. So we're arguing free will, but you're mm-hmm. also going to slap me in the face with, with divine intervention. Mm-hmm. So I'm the 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 message is very muddy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I agree. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think it's worth watching just to say that you have seen this movie because I've definitely for but years... But fast forward through the concert footage. Yeah. <laughs> for years, I've heard references to this movie, uh, but never never checked it out. And again, I, again... I know what people are talking about. Again, smug as hell. Yes, very smug. And I don't... That's the one thing that I don't appreciate about these movies that we were talking about today is that it's like you don't have to throw attitude at your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like you're right, then that's fine. But to really just, what did you think about the duck dynasty guy? Um, look, you know, <laughs> all right. I, all right. Disclosure. I know a lot of people who know Willie and know him from when they were in college with him. Okay. And he's a very smart guy. He's a very genuine down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. The family came into a lot of money and I've met a few of them i've met the mother okay they seem like great salt of the earth people they do have some politics and mm-hmm. opinions that differ from mine yeah but they don't uh, seem to be like aggressive about it but though. it but it did seem like uh to these filmmakers i'm sure they thought it was a huge get oh yeah to have him in their movie uh-huh and looking back at it now it's just kind of like okay there's yeah there's willie but of course this took place at lsu campus which that was the other thing. Okay. I'm glad you said this. Uh, you know, the classroom when he said, you mm-hmm. need to sign this paper and say that you're that yeah, the you contract that, where that you God say God is, is dead. God is dead. And he's the only one in this packed classroom. Folks, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, LSU, you're talking Catholic country. Uh, uh-uh. yeah, no, no, there's not going to be just one kid in the group. That's going to do this. Right. So I was a little like, okay, your suspension of disbelief is, uh, you're asking a lot of me. Suspension of belief. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first up, we've got Reverend Dave, played by David A.R. White, who was 43 at the time. And who did you settle on for this one? All right. Reverend Dave. Mm-hmm. Super Dave. Super Dave. Captain Dynamite. Um, uh, 44 years old. This actor could be seen in The NeverEnding Story. Hmm. It. Uh, Ladybugs and Sequest 2032. I went with Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan Brandis is no longer with us. That is correct. Oh boy. So he is dead. Oh, you asshole. <laughs> uh, my pick for Reverend Dave is 42 now. He's on uh, the TV show that I think we both like called American Gods. He's in Den of Thieves. And he's half-brother to Liv Schreiber. His name is Pablo Schreiber. He's the leprechaun on American Gods. Yeah, yeah. He's really good in that show. Next up, we've got Josh Wheaton, the uh, student who sticks to his uh, Christian guns. And he was just 21 at the time. Who did you pick for this? Um, 21 years old. This actor uh, was in Mrs. Fletcher, Mm -hmm. Descendants 3. Grown Ups 2 and Paradise City? His name's Cameron Boyce. Cameron Boyce. Is he still alive? He is no longer with us. Mm. Well, uh, my pick for Shane Harper, 
the actor Shane Harper, who was 21 at the time playing Josh Wheaton, was in or is 21 now and was in The Swap, Cobra Kai, and Jinxed. His name is Jacob Bertrand. Jacob Bertrand. That's Hawk. Is it? Hawk from, uh, yeah, Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Now we go on to Professor Radisson, played by Kevin Sorbo, who was 56 at the time. I'm dying to know who you picked for this. Uh, this actor, uh, let's see. He can be seen in Shortcuts, Footloose, mm-hmm. True Romance, oh. and Reservoir Dogs. I went with Chris Penn. Chris Penn. Oof. Wow. Okay, this is this is quite the uh, quite the spoonful. My pick is still alive. He was he was in Powder. He was in boondock saints and suicide kings his name is sean patrick flannery nice sean patrick flannery is going to be my professor radisson i applaud his parents (laughs) all right so one more right yes mark shelley played by a 48 year old dean kane and so is his character supposed to be redeemed because he goes and sees his uh mother with dementia at the end i don't think so that's hardly a redemptive right. story oh, i guess i showed up yeah, it, yeah even then he was just like he's kind know, of an asshole he's like it. you know doing stock trades on uh-huh. the phone whatever man all right so who's your pick for this one uh this actor would have been 50 years old um he was in uh the mosquito coast hmm. running on empty stand by me my own private idaho with River Phoenix. There you go. There you go. So, Bringing it back around. So God's not dead, but these actors are. Indeed. All right. Well, my actor is 47 now. He was or is in a show called Northern Lights. Take two. And he's also been in Leanne Rhymes. His oh. name is... Eddie Cibrian. Eddie oh, yeah, Cibrian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's got a real Dean Kane thing going on. He looks better than Dean Kane. Well, he looks better than Dean Kane now, but this is this is a younger Dean Kane. Uh, in this yes. film, Dean Kane looked a little uh bloated? Bloated. Yeah. yeah, I can relate. Oh, right. So final thoughts on God's Not Dead? Um just again, just I, I gave it a shot. Yeah. I'm not calling it a recommend, but I am satisfied that I've seen it. Yeah. I just, I felt that the arguments mm-hmm. were, were, were just paper thin and, I, and and contradictory. And then of course this overriding smugness just yeah. really put me off. And I would agree with you that the, uh, the international missionary character is probably the best part oh, of the he's, movie. He's a, he's a super sweet guy, mm-hmm. and always sees the silver lining. Yeah, I mean that's that's to me that's your that's your character. Focus mm-hmm. on him. Right. He was fantastic. All right. Well, now it's time for our final bonus segment, which is going to be a battle royale, a Christian battle royale, if you will, between in their prime, Christian Slater, Christian Bale. And Crispin Glover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. Okay. Crispin Glover can kick really high, which Uh he showed David Letterman in person, Uh up close and personal. Uh, Christian Bale, of course, trained to be Batman. Mm -hmm. He's Uh, also mean to people. And mean to people, Mm -hmm. catering, service, watch out. 
uh, Christian Slater. Um, you still have a salty taste in your mouth from True Romance, no, don't no, you? No, 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 not at all. I just, uh, I've never thought of Christian Slater as a menacing character, except for in Heather's. Yep. Where he can blow up a whole school. Where he did a terrible Jack Nicholson impression. Uh, hello, his whole career. <laughs> yes. um, I'm going to go with uh, Christian Bale. He's Christian got the, Bale? He's got the meanness and the training to wipe the floor clean with these two guys. Right. I'm going to uh, vote for weird and go with Crispin Glover. Yeah, that is an X factor. Yep. And so with that, we want to thank Chelsea for not being here and hopefully she feels better soon uh we're all a little bit under the weather and thinking about you girl also i want to thank you sir my hey, co-host man. and co-producer sean the brew boss thanks you uh you do all the things and i appreciate it do you know what next week's episode is yes psychiatry slash therapy films indeed and so i do have a question for you this is a sneak preview for this upcoming week's episode of episode installment edition of right answers with wrong travis your somewhat weekly trivia contest at seminar brewing that's seminarbrewing.com so i'm looking for the name of the actress who is the female lead in this movie the movie is called touched by fire while staying at a psychiatric hospital, two manic depressive poets begin a romance that continues to blossom after their release. Year? I'm going to say 2016, somewhere around in there. Post-2010. Male co-stars? The male co-star is Luke Kirby, who has a little bit of a Mark Ruffalo thing going on. Um. When she was... When she was just a girl, she had a poster of her future husband on a wall in her room. I don't know. Her future husband danced on a couch on the Oprah oh, Winfrey God. show. Oh, God. Is it? Uh, oh, what's her face? Um, I'm drawing a blank. It's not it. Sherlock Holmes. It's Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. <laughs> Katie wow, Holmes that is was, the that was correct painful. answer. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Also, we're hosted online on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. Also, on Twitter, we are at Cinema Chop Shop. And on Facebook, we're Cinema Chop Shop on there. Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com is our email. The beer that we checked in today, we'll check that in on Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there as well. And then this week was not recorded video-wise, but we do have some... Some interesting content. With some great content. Up on the YouTube page, on the la in my reaction video to the Stephen Tobolowski message, I look like a gargoyle. I love. I'm just it. like mouth agape, <laughs> like bent over, shoulders back. Uh, it was everything I hoped it would be and more. So that is uh, the Cinema Chop Shop podcast channel on YouTube. And anything you want to plug this week? Um, I know the brewery's got the, the first edition of Pulpy Love out okay. this weekend, which as, as soon as this drops, it'll be still available in the brewery. It's the strawberry raspberry uh, canning of nice. that beer. I don't have anything else coming out right. the pipeline to you. No, well, I do want to um, remind the listeners that even though I am fully vaccinated now, and so are you, I'm still going to wear my mask in public. I am to too. set a good example. I so, talk still, about being smug. 
<laughs> still wear your mask, social distance, and go get that vax. And please remember to watch, shop, retrofit. retrofit.